Shohei Otani has done it again, and you can schedule an Angels W as big as the A on my hat when he's on the mound because he's been electric over the last six starts. Plus, we're going to continue our conversation of what changed for the Halos from the beginning of the season until now regarding the pitching, and we'll discuss why Reed Detmers has found the pitcher he was meant to be. You're Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We appreciate you making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening on the audio side, please take some time to rate and review the podcast. We would really appreciate it. If you're watching on the video side, be sure to subscribe to Locked On Angels and click that bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. I want to thank you for joining me for this edition of Locked On Angels. My name is John Frisch. I'm one half of the Super Halo Bros and one half of Locked On Angels. My brother Mike is on vacation. He will be back next week. But until then, I'm going to hold down the fort. And boy, does it feel good to hold down the fort today because the Angels actually got a win. And it was all in part thanks to some heroics from Shohei Otani, and contributions up and down the lineup in terms of getting RBIs. How about that? What a concept. The Angels won 7-1 to over the Houston Astros. Man, does it feel good to beat the Astros? I think it feels good. I hope it feels good for you as well. Let's talk about Shohei Otani and what he was able to do on Wednesday night. Like I said, you can almost schedule a W for the Halos every time he's on the mound. And that's both a good thing and a bad thing because we haven't won otherwise. We've only won when he's on the mound. And I think that speaks to his leadership. I think that speaks to the way that he directs and guides this team in ways that I don't think we always see. And it definitely inspires the rest of the team. So that's really awesome that they got the W on Wednesday night. Let's talk about Shohei. Six innings pitched. 12 Ks, one earned run. That streak came to an end, kind of courtesy of C.B. Buckner for allowing the walk to happen. He was not great behind the plate, but I will say he wasn't great for the Astros or the Halos, so it was just a bad night all around for C.B. Buckner, but I'm not going to do a batting demonstration like I did for our Locked On Now the other day. But get this, Shohei Otani is the only other pitcher in Angels history, other than Nolan Ryan, to have four straight starts with 10 or more strikeouts, and he tied a career-high nine wins. He got that last year, and we all know that in 2018, his pitching portion of his uh, season that, that year was cut short because he had to have Tommy John surgery, and so that cut the pitching side short. And then he didn't pitch in 2019. He tried to come back in 2020. He just wasn't really ready yet. And then 2021 was when he put it all together. He got a career-high nine wins last year. He matched that on Wednesday night. And I think that has everything to do with the bullpen being much better than it was last season. I know it's had its ups and downs. We're actually going to talk about that 
later on. But as far as his career wins right now at nine, I mean, good grief, he's got plenty more season to go, so he's definitely going to best that career high. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. I also think that he will be in the Cy Young talks when the time comes, as well as the MVP talks, obviously. But it wasn't just the amazing pitching from Shohei. It was the fact that we scored. We scored runs. How about that? 7-1 over the Astros, and they came courtesy of a two-run triple from Shohei Otani, two RBIs from Luis Renjifo. He went three for five. Marsh had a bunt single RBI. That was the first run of the game, and you love to see it because we have not been playing a lot of small ball, and we have been swinging for the fences, so it's about time that Marsh put that bunt down, scored that runner from third. That was great. How about Joe Adele returning to the team? Did we call it? Perry, are you listening? Are you watching? Because we really appreciate you bringing Joe Adele back to this team where he belongs. He went two for five with an RBI, and then even Jonathan VR had an RBI ground out that uh, scored a run because there was an air on the play, and so the Angels took advantage of those Astros airs. How about Quijada and Piguero coming in to finish this game? Elvis went two innings. Elvis left the building with some clean innings, so that was great to see as well. But I want to point out the fact that, again, we put on hit and runs. We played some small ball. We got base hits through the gap, and we got runners over. Again, going back to the basics is what this team needs to do. They got to play to their strengths, and hopefully this is an indication that the coaching staff is finally getting their butt in gear and helping these guys. I know Jared Walsh did not have a great night at the plate. Taylor Ward, he did take a couple of walks, but he also didn't have a great night when he was swinging the bat. But when you have the rest of the lineup contributing in this way, it just goes to show that a team effort is required every time these halos go out. And I I, I can't get over the fact that every time we have Shohei on the mound, the Angels end up winning. And that has everything to do with how good he is on the mound, but then also his leadership and the inspired play that inspires the rest of the team. I think there's something to be said about that. And I'm really glad that he's finally uh, getting his due and that the bullpen is not giving up his lead and that the Angels were able to add on some runs and guarantee that win. 7-1, I mean, with these halos, is not a guaranteed win, unfortunately, right now. I know we talk about it all the time, and we probably have said this over and over and over again, but we're desperately looking for a turning point. Us as Angel fans are looking for the turning point that's going to be what helps this team turn it around and start winning games. I feel like I saw that last night. I feel like the way that they played this game against Christian Javier, who they have not had a lot of success against, I feel like they did a great job of making this a team effort. I hope that Joe Adele is kind of the spark that kind of brings back that clubhouse unity and and the cohesion and the culture. Mike and I have talked about culture all the time, and honestly, Joe Madden had a lot to do with building culture, and I hope the Angels can get back to that. You've got young, inspired players hoping to go somewhere this season. 
I got to give credit to Larissa and Hifo because Mike and I have not been his biggest fans in the past, and we apologize. Luis, if you're listening, I saw you keep that tag on at second like Mike told you to. So if you're listening, we apologize. You're doing a great job, and the rest of the team is doing great as well. So this was a very encouraging game, and I know that we have a game against the Astros tonight and also two more against the Dodgers. They're going to be tough, but they're games that could really show what this team is capable of. Coming up on Locked on Angels, we're going to continue our look at what changed for the Halos regarding the pitching from the beginning of the season until now. But first, Locked on Angels is brought to you by our friends at BlueNile.com. If you're ready to pop the question or maybe you're celebrating a milestone moment, you can find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. They can help you create the custom engagement ring of her dreams, or they'll help you give a classic and timeless jewelry piece to the one that you love. And they'll do all of this at a price that you won't find at a normal jeweler. Only Blue Nile can do this. They're the original online jeweler, and they've helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring since 1999. Blue Nile has simple tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as, as well as the setting style. And Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring, and each ring is one of a kind. And they're committed to ensuring that the highest ethical standards are observed when sourcing diamonds and jewelry. That's very important. And if it's not perfect, no problem. 100% satisfaction guarantee. So you can shop stress-free with guaranteed free shippings and returns and a satisfaction guarantee like no one else. And if you need that special purchase fast, they can deliver overnight in most cases. Every order is insured and arrives in a discreet package that's not going to give away what's inside, so no need to worry about that. So all you have to do is go to BlueNile.com to make your special moment sparkle. And Locked On Angels listeners like you can get $50 off a purchase of $500 or more. All you have to do is use the code LOCKEDON at checkout. That's code LOCKEDON at checkout. And go to BlueNile.com today. As we continue our conversation of what went wrong for the Halos, what changed, why was the team so good, and why are they not doing so great right now? I have to say this is a difficult conversation to have considering how well things went last night, but I do know that things could change at a moment's notice, and maybe I'll be right back to being frustrated again after tonight's game. I hope that's not the case. But when it comes to the bullpen. I, I think about Aaron Loop and how we signed him to this deal because last season he had an ERA under one with the New York Mets. He was phenomenal. He's somebody that we wanted to be kind of a setup guy to take on lefties and do that with Ryan Tapera and get to Rysel Iglesias in the ninth. And so I took two games that demonstrate kind of a difference for Aaron Loop. One is from April 19th against the Astros. The other is from July 2nd against the Astros, so more recent. But the April 19th game that Aaron Loop had, he went one and a third inning, had no hits, and one strikeout. Most recently in July, he went one inning pitched, 
He gave up two hits, two earned runs, and only had one strikeout there as well. Uh, so you could see that the outing was not as successful in July as it was compared to the April outing. But some things that I noticed with Aaron Loop, the sinker velocity versus the changeup velocity. Now, there are minimal differences, but I want to explain something. The sinker is meant to induce ground outs and ground balls so that the pitchers can get the defense behind them to get those outs at first or on the plate or wherever that may be. When I look at the difference with the repertoire that Aaron Loop was using back in April and July, let's, let's take a look here. He had used 18 pitches in April to get through one and a third inning. That's pretty efficient. He used the sinker nine times, the cutter seven times, and the changeup two times. Now, let me give you the average pitch velocity on these. The sinker was coming out at 91 miles an hour on average, the cutter at 83.9 on average, and the changeup at 79.3. Now, that's key because if you jump ahead to the July 2nd game, the average velocity on his sinker was 90.7. He used the changeup a lot more in the July game. He used that six times, and the average velocity on that was 80.3. And then, of course, the cutter was coming out of his hands at 85.2 on average back in July. That's significant to me because when you have those three different kinds of pitches, you want a varied speed differential. So when you look at back in April when Aaron Loop was having success, and this is, again, both games of these are against the Astros, that sinker coming out at 91 miles an hour, and then the changeup coming out at 79.3 miles an hour. The changeup is meant to be deceptive. It's meant to look like a fastball out of the hand and to get those hitters to swing and miss. But when it comes to the differential in miles per hour, there was a very degree. It was almost 12 miles per hour difference between the sinker and the changeup. And if you go to his most recent game, 90.7 miles an hour on average with the sinker and 80.3 miles an hour with the changeup. That's almost less than 10 miles per hour. In fact, it's about 9.4 or so. <laughs> I'm not a very good math person. But that is to say that the speed differential shrunk for Aaron Loop, and it's not as deceptive when it's coming out of his hand. Let's talk about Rysel Iglesias. I pulled two games, in one in which he had success and one in which he really struggled. Back on April 9th when he got his first save, that was against the Astros, he went one inning pitch, 1K, and he got the save. Uh, this is what he did during this game in April. He got Bregman uh, with a sinker. It was a soft pop-up to Rysel. He caught it in foul territory. He got Jordan Alvarez to ground out to short with a sinker. And then he got a Ledmus Diaz for the strikeout with a slider. In fact, let's look at the pitches he used. He only had eight pitches used in this inning. And I missed the efficient Rysel Iglesias. Three sinkers, three sliders, one changeup, and one four-seam fastball. Now, if we jump to June 5th, this is the midst of the losing streak, the worst 14 games that I think we've all ever seen. They were against the Phillies that day. Rysel Iglesias had to come in and mop up for Aaron Loop, funny enough. And so he went one and a third. He gave up three hits, three earned runs, 
one strikeout, and he gave up a home run. You guys remember he gave up the grand slam to Bryce Harper. This is the results of some of what he did here. He struck out Reese Hoskins on the changeup down and away, and then he sailed a changeup right down the middle for Bryce Harper to hit that grand slam on. And boy, that was not fun to see for anybody. But look at the difference in the types of pitches that he used. He had to throw 27 pitches, four seam fastball 12 times, eight times with the changeup, the sinker four times, and three times with the slider. That's 19 more pitches than that inning against the Astros back in April. I understand it was a longer outing, uh, but the difference that jumps out to me is his use of the sinker versus the use of the four-seam fastball. Sometimes guys just don't have it. They don't have their best stuff, and so they go with a pitch that's the most comfortable for them. But if you go back to April, he threw the sinker the most, then he threw the slider the most, and when you jump ahead to June, on June 5th, he threw the four-seam fastball 12 times, 12 times. You don't see that very often. And usually that's kind of a waste pitch. It's on the outside, meaning that he's trying to get a guy to chase or maybe he wants to even up the count with a ball. Back in June, he only used the sinker four times. And so he got away from what's most effective for him. That sinker is going to induce ground outs. It's going to induce double plays, things like that. And he didn't use it back in June when the bases were loaded. And then to use the changeup eight times, he went to it and he did strike out Reese Hoskins down and away with that changeup, but he only used it once back in April. And so that's the difference that jumps out to me. I think that what's going on with the bullpen is that these guys get away from their most effective pitches. Again, I look at Aaron Loop and his sinker and changeup usage and the velocity coming out of his hands and how that's deceptive. And then I look at Rysel Iglesias using that four-seam fastball much, much more than the sinker. Now, these are but two examples, right? These are not, it's not a very big sample size, but I wanted to compare where they had success versus where they struggled. And to me, I think Rysel Iglesias' most effective pitch is that sinker, and it's going to induce ground outs. It's going to get guys to pop up and things like that. So when it comes to the bullpen, what's changed for them from the beginning of the season to now? Well, it's sort of mechanics. It's kind of fundamentals. If you can't throw comfortably your best pitches, then you're really going to struggle up there. I don't know if that's due to being tired. I don't know if that's due to not feeling comfortable with the way the ball is coming out of your hands. I really have to believe that these guys are feeling a little bit desperate and doing things that aren't quite them. And if they stay within their box, if they stay within what makes them successful, then they have success on the mound. So that's my thoughts on the bullpen. I hope that that was helpful. I hope that seeing the difference between a successful outing and a not so great outing will kind of explain what's changed with this bullpen. Obviously, we could get in to much, much more. But I think down to the fundamental core of this issue is guys getting away from what works best. And I wish that the coaching staff would help them get back to what they do well. Coming up on Lockdown Angels, we're going to talk about Reed 
Detmers and why he's become the pitcher that he's destined to be. But first, Locked on Angels is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news like Major League Baseball stuff, of course. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting, wagering information, including live betting, eSports, and much, much more. And BetOnline remains the best spot for all your scores, news, and podcasts this season. And they're the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. All you have to do is head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline is where the game starts. Tonight is the final game against the Houston Astros, and we have a chance to take two out of three. And I'm excited to see Reed Detmers on the mound because when he came back from AAA, it looked very, very promising. Now, if he struggles tonight, you can come back here and get mad at me. That's fine. I promise that's okay. But I just want to point out that he had an incredible outing last week against the Orioles. Now, of course, the Angels squandered that incredible outing, and that was very frustrating. Back on July 8th, he went six innings pitched, had two hits, one walk, and a career-high seven strikeouts. And one thing that I've noticed all along with Reed Detmers, he hasn't had an effective out pitch, meaning that he doesn't have a pitch that puts people away, that gets them to swing and miss or ground out, that sort of thing. All season long, he's really struggled with that. Now, I do have to say, the no-hitter, he didn't struggle with that, obviously, because he got all those outs, and that was great to see. He gave up the walk in that no-hitter, and so that caused it to go from a perfect game to a no-hitter. But in that no-hitter, he only had two strikeouts. I want to look at three games for Reed Detmers here. He used the four-seam fastball on that no-hitter 46 times. And then two weeks later, he came out against the Rangers. And listen to this. Six innings pitched, five hits, five earned runs, one walk, three Ks, and he gave up two home runs in that game. Again, he used the four-seam fastball the most. He used it 34 times out of 73 pitches. Now, if you go back to the no-hitter, you know what he used the least? The slider. 11 pitches on that no-hitter day. Then... Two weeks later against the Rangers, he only used it seven times. Now let me take you back to the Orioles game just a week ago. The number one pitch he used in all 91 pitches through those six innings, 36 times he went to the slider. After that, he used the four-seam fastball. He used his curveball, which, oh, I love that curveball. That thing is nasty. In fact, that curveball, (laughs) let me get the stat here, has a vertical break of 66 inches. So from the hand to the plate, it moves 66 inches. That's incredible. But what's changed with Reed Detmers? Well, we all know the news that came out after his AAA start, that he got help finding his slider again. And that's why he used it the most in that game against the Orioles last week, where he had the most success of the season other than the no-hitter. He got through that no-hitter game just fine. But he only had two Ks and only used the slider 11 times. 
So what's changed? How did he start becoming a pitcher that uses his slider the most? Well, I think because the usage went up, he now has the ability to use the fastball and the slider for that out pitch. Again, like I mentioned, he's long been missing the out pitch, the put-away pitch, the one that's going to get guys out. When it's a full count, three and two, and you got to make them swing at something, he hasn't had that. But since the slider went up, it allows him to use his fastball as a put-away pitch. He can even use his slider to strike guys out. In fact, that happened a lot against the Orioles. It was a combination of the fastball and the slider that was getting guys out. When he has the ability to mix the slider and the fastball together, the pitchers aren't the hitters aren't going to know what's coming. And so now that he's using that slider more effectively, it makes the at-bat that much more difficult for the hitters. He can set up an at-bat with the curveball at times. Sometimes you see that first pitch curveball from Reed Detmers. Oh, again, that curveball, man. But the slider and fastball combo, they induce groundouts, lineouts, and flyouts. And we saw that a lot against the Orioles last week. So I'm excited to see what Reed Detmers brings to the mound tonight. He's going up against Framber Valdez of the Astros. Hey, I think he could have a quality start. And if the bullpen can hang on to a lead, if the offense can get him a lead, I think that he could be in line for the win against the Astros. So I think that this is a new start for Reed Detmers. You can quote me on that because what's changed? Everything has changed for him. And that slider has been so effective. And I think if he sticks with it and doesn't get away from what's working like he has in the past, I think we're going to see the next step for Reed Detmers. I want to thank you for joining us for Locked On Angels today. If you want to follow the podcast on Twitter, at Locked On Angels is where you can do that. You can also connect with Mike and I on Twitter and Instagram, at Super Halo Bros. Tonight, it starts at 5.07 Pacific Time, so be sure you get ready for that. Don't miss it. Don't think it's coming on at 6.38 because it's an hour and a half earlier tonight, so get ready for that. And tomorrow on Locked On Angels, we're going to talk about what happens once David Fletcher returns to the Halos. He has had a couple of rehab starts so far in AAA, and his return is going to make for an interesting situation in the infield. We're going to talk about it all tomorrow. Until then, my name is John, and my brother Mike will be back soon. But again, thank you for joining us, and I look forward to talking with you tomorrow.